What's up, y'all? Welcome to Two Brothers and a Shot of Milk. You heard that right. We are recording this April 17th, which is Easter Sunday, and Chris is celebrating with his family. He lost track of his priorities, gentlemen. <laughs> but the show must go on. We must continue the good fights. So by spending time with his family is a misplacement of priorities? He's dropping the ball left and right. Dropping Clearly. the ball left and right. And we're here to talk about superheroes, movies, TV, comic books, anime, action figures, cartoons, and more. I'm Lawrence St. Victor. We got Jack Walker Pearson and we got Richard Wilson. Gentlemen, what's going on? How was your week? What are you watching? What are you reading? Jack, what are you playing? Well, okay, so actually I played two things. I did not play the game I have been <laughs> dying to play because of investment problems. But what I did play was the demo version of the latest fantasy, uh, Final Fantasy game that just dropped, uh, yeah. Strangers of Paradise. Yeah. Um, and it lets you kind of, you guys remember when um, Final Fantasy VII dropped? It let you play the first stage of the game as a demo. Yeah. This kind of lets you do the same thing. So you you play up to the first boss fight and what it says is if then you if you then go buy the game, you get to keep all the levels and weapons and equipment that you played in the demo version. Oh cool. Okay. And um Elden Rings is definitely a superior game, but this Final Fantasy game requires a hell of a lot less focus and concentration to be good at it. Like I was already level 25 before I got How to the How much first. time did you spend playing the demo? An hour, hour and a half tops, something like that. Sure. Maybe two max, max. And that was over the course of like a day here, day there. Mm -hmm. The other game I picked up was I've been jonesing for Mega Man X to get remade on PlayStation, but not like 3D or anything. I just want the side scrolling version of it. I stumbled across a Mega Man X app game. So okay. I got it on my iPad and it's exactly the game I want to be on the PlayStation. It's <laughs> my only problem with the iPad is the functionality of the controls is weird because it's not controller. You're just hitting sections of the iPad to make him jump and things like that and dash. Hmm. Otherwise, it's a pretty sick game. So that's what I played. I did not play Elden Rings. Um, it is on my list of priorities for this week, though. So maybe I'll actually get around to it. I watched The Purge. Oh. Which maybe we should be talking about. <laughs> Man, I, 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 I said how about we watch The Purge. It's very uh, political. I'll say that. It I mean, always was, though, right? Well, yes. this one specifically. I was very race-driven. It's set in Texas, not to give anything away. It's set in Texas. You follow an affluent white rancher family who's got a bunch of um, immigrant Mexican workers doing their stuff. And so right off the top, you think that, oh, man, something's going on here and the purge is tomorrow and people are going to, yo, man, the purge is ugly. Basically, what happens is you have everyone wanting to purge America of anything, quote unquote, not American. Is this still in the same world as the other films? Yes. Yes. So it's, a yes. it's a sequel. It's a, it's a sequel. And I'll tell you what was really cool about I probably like this one second. I like the first purge best and I like this one next. Mm -hmm. Now, there were some pretty cheesy moments in it yeah. or laughable dialogue, but it was actually one of a bad film. I'll tell you what I kept thinking at the end of this movie, at the end of the Purge film, I was thinking, man, this would have been a great setup for watching DMZ. 
Oh, hmm. Because that's kind of where America's left at the end of the film. And I'm like, wow, that would have been a nice setup. What else? Uh, I'm still watching um, Tokyo Vice on HBO, which is great. Highly recommend that. And that's kind of my week. I made, oh, and I made, uh, this one's for Lawrence. I made French cakes today. Hey, for those who don't know, and that's everybody in college, Jack made. <laughs> didn't have bread. <laughs> Wait, how did you make these? We didn't have bread. Listen, we're college. We're eating bread sandwiches and ramen every other day. We did not have bread, but we had pancake mix, and I wanted French toast so badly. So I made French toast pancakes. They're called French cakes. They were kind of just French toast. With with egg. But you make French toast with egg. Right. But it's, instead of bread, it's pancake. So it was a French toast pancake. It's freaking delicious. Rich, how was your week, man? Usual. What have I been watching? Home Economics. I'm on season two, episode mm. five. Uh, Tiger and Bunny. I'm on season two, episode two. How do you like? I'm on season one. How do you like Tiger? How do you like it? I enjoyed season one. Yeah. And you enjoying season two? It's just as good. Uh, so far, they're introducing new characters. So see where it goes with that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Katara lives alone. Does he still so live was, alone by the end? Yeah, he still lives alone. Oh. And realize he has a family. Ah. Yeah, that's all I did. It's a good week, Rich. It's a yeah. good week, man. Me, I went to Detroit last week to visit family, so I didn't get a much geeking done. But on the flight there and back, I watched The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Because I'm like, after No Way Home, I want to see if this hits different. Because I didn't, I didn't enjoy it the first time, or the second time, or third time I watched it. I want to see if it hits different. It doesn't. This movie's it's a mess. This movie's a mess. It's 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 actually not it's not good. Um, there's so many different movies in that movie that one of those would have been fun and good. But you got freaking Peter Parker searching for his dad, which is a whole thing that doesn't really pay off. Then you have this romantic comedy with him and Gwen that is dope. But then you got this drama between his best friends saying, I need Spider-Man's blood. I'm dying. And he says, I can't give it to you. It can hurt you. You got that drama going on. Then you just drop in this nerd who falls into a vat of eels and becomes this really cartoon thing. And all of them are happening at the same time. Then they need to justify killing Gwen Stacy at the end. It's like, y'all didn't earn this death. And it's, it's all over the place. So, yeah. But it was great seeing Andrew Garfield as an actor blend between the different tones as they were. I mean, he's, he's mourning Gwen's death. He's crying. And then all of a sudden he has to fight the rhino at the end. And it becomes like oh, freaking man. George Clooney Batman, <laughs> you know? Hmm. And he shifts between tones pretty effortlessly. But the movie, man, you can just see the suits, like, just giving Mark Webb, who directed it, all the notes in the world. Like, we love what you did with the first one, but add this, add that, add this, change the costume. You, you can just see it. But um, still is fun. I started Ultraman season two. Yeah. I got to go watch a recap of season one because I have no idea what's going on. You didn't watch season one? You jumped into season no, two? No, I watched season one, but that was like two years ago. So I, I don't... It has remember. been a minute, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. I don't remember the details at all. Um, what else? I think I think that's it for me. I think that's all I got done. Incredible. <laughs> you know? Rich, I got a question for you, man. Uh, what's that? Why did Thor avoid his brother? Why did Thor avoid his brother? Because he owed money. <laughs> so anyway, Jack, money. you can you can hook up a controller 
to your iPad that might help what? you out with your game. Yeah. You might want to look into that. Are you kidding me? Yes, you can. Hey, hold on. Because he owed him money. No, no, we heard it. We heard Yo, it. We're trying Rich, to forget it. Um, I'm helping Jack out right now. I'm trying to bring some good in this. So oh, you can Xbox controllers and P, a PlayStation controllers. Yeah, you look, look that up. Just Google that, and you can make that happen. I'm not sure if the game's compatible, but might help you out. Yo, appreciate that. Honestly, appreciate that. Because he owed him money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got that. The it's real good, Lawrence. Let's just go down the street and make it right at the light, left of the stop sign, and we'll be at the collector's corner. Here at the collector's corner, we take something out of our toy chest, something out of our video game case, something off our comic book shelf, and present it to the world. It could be worth millions of dollars or just sentimental. What do you guys got? I'll jump in. I'll jump in. So... There's a handful of phenomenal villains out there, especially the way they emerged, their origins emerged in the comics. One of my favorites, because I was on the ground floor when it happened, was this guy. Ooh. Cyborg Superman. Yeah. Jack, is that, um, is that Mafex? What, 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 do you know what brand that is? It is, yeah. Mafex, for their joints are sick. Yeah, yes. and they're hella expensive. So I'd been uh, gunning for this guy. I've seen it going for as much as 200 bucks. Just the detail, his maneuverability is great. Dude. I copped this thing for 40 bucks. What? It's in great condition. I found it on eBay. This guy for 40 bucks, I mean, I would have happily spent, I wouldn't have spent more than 70 Happy to spend 40, but they retail for like 60, right? 60 and up almost. I retail, and then the, the, the resale. If I, wanted, if I wanted to flip this, I could put it online for 75 and it probably wouldn't last a week. So the fact that the, the guy had started the auction so low and then agreed to send it after $45 is ridiculous. Wow, nice. That is sick, Jack. Yeah, he's yeah. super sick. Bravo, right. bravo. Rich, what do you got? Um, let's look at the shelf. Uh, <laughs> look at that shelf. He's like, pick one, anyone. Okay. The art of Titanfall Collector's Edition. Um, it, it shows all the characters and the details and breaks down like the uh the cities, introduction to the whole storyline. You got your breakdown of the pilots, Titans and the pilots, you got mm. your Titans there. You see some of them. You see kind of like a comparison of like a person mm-hmm. yeah. compared to the Titan. Yeah, so, yeah, it's pretty dope. And you got some of the characters that from the from the game and the actual storyline itself breaks down some of them, the militias and some of the main characters that you that you go through. And uh, it's pretty dope artwork. And then some, some yeah, 3D CG artwork. stuff in there. Yeah, you know? is it all pretty much artwork and concept stuff, or is it yeah, any I'll- of the like? Remember. Yeah, I don't know. Be- be- before online was a thing, I used to uh-huh. always buy that two inch, three inch book of whatever the game was like the companion book for the game oh like strategy guides yeah 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 the strategy yeah. guides no it's not strategy guides. it's just no, a collective of artwork and stuff like that no no i got i got a few strategy guides but yeah strategy guides was a thing b like <laughs> it's not they were they anymore. were like huge and then like for my some of mine i got like little note tabs in it so i could go back to it it's a bit that's thing. the only that's the only way we were able to unlock uh vincent and final fantasy 7 when we first got it we're like whoa 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 you gotta wait 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 stop the game go back to this other save thing we're we we jumped the gun on that totally missed something let me get let me let me consort the book real quick <laughs> okay there we that's go that's fun. what i did wrong 
that's fun. Now you can like watch people play and, and, and learn, but that's fun having like a book that you have to go through to continue to play the game, man. It's a lost time. Well, if yeah. you wanted, if you wanted all the hidden Easter eggs, so yeah. right. But now I can just watch somebody play walkthrough, just yeah. copy what they do, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I sometimes do. Well, sometimes you have to. <laughs> sometimes you got to. Uh, my pickup this week, similar to Jack, man. I'll say this: the Snyder films in DC and DC and a lot of other things, they always want to turn Superman bad, right? They always want to make Clark bad, and it's like you don't have to make Superman bad because there there are bad versions of him such as Cyborg, such as Bizarro, and such as this pickup. I picked up this McFarlane Superman of Earth 3. This is the Ultraman. He is of the crime syndicate on his Earth. He is running things as a criminal, but he is Kal-El. He's Superman. Um, This joint just came out. It comes also with the the Build-A-Figure Starro. So that's the eye. And if you get the rest of the crime syndicate, which I probably won't, it comes with the other legs. And then it comes with the joint that would uh, attach to your chest. And that's how they control you. Mm, yeah. part of the hive. But this figure is dope, man. Um, I love McFarlane for the very reason Jack explained his Mafex. This was 20 something dollars. <laughs> that's uh, the difference. Dude, they're, dude. They're, they're mad affordable they in are. comparison. Well, the difference between a Mafex or a NECA is you're not getting like different hands here. You're not getting different head sculpts. You're not getting barely anything. And sometimes they'll come with a builder figure, but you're not getting any real accessories. You're not even getting a flight right. stand with this. You know what? I got a dozen toys where you can swap his face six times and his hands and his this and that. And yeah. I pretty much, unless I'm setting up some sort of diorama for a shot, which is almost never, I've only got one head and hand on there anyway. That's true. That's true. Sometimes, but McFarlane will do this, though. He'll give you a Batman figure and give you the same figure unmasked. Mm. Nothing else is different in the package. But if you mm. want that unmasked Batman, you got to buy the same figure again and say, just give me the head. But that's mm. why they're at the 20 something dollar price point. So that's where it is. But yeah, this joint is dope. I can't wait to pose him next to my Superman. Ah, Ultraman. Sick. Six, six, six. Nice. Yes, gentlemen. Yes. I think it's time for some news. It's time for the news. Guys. Well, if you're following us on Instagram or anywhere, any other geek thing, you would know that we got a shot. A test shot of Michael Keaton in the bat suit. I'm going to show you guys this picture right now just to remind you as we talk about it. He's a little stiff in the hips. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a pause moment or not. <laughs> <laughs> I think I let it slide. But yo, look at this joint right here, man. You can see him side by side with the Batman Returns. Yo. Mm-hmm. I did not think we were going to get this. I thought that we were going to get some kind of mech suit or something. And I love a mech suit would probably make more sense with a 70 year old Batman. But I love we, that we didn't because if we're supposed to believe this is of the Burton verse, I want it to remind me of those movies. Seeing Keaton in an Iron Man bat suit would not remind me of. Yeah, the but he we, was in. we still don't know if he doesn't don a suit over the suit. That's or fine. Later, you know, just give me this joint. Um, it feels a little rubbery to me. It should. I mean, that's what the first one was. That's, if it's if it's if this is the same world, and in that world, rubber is Kevlar. In that world, then bullets <laughs> bounce. Bullets bounce, bounce. I love it. There's a lot of fan out war, man. Literally today on the 17th, it was trending. My Batman. 
because people are pissed off that they think Michael Keaton's taking over for Ben Affleck, and they're pissed oh, because wow, there's Wait, a ben whole. Affleck, where's Robert Pattinson has already done that. Right, but I think they think Pattinson is not going to be involved in the universe at large, whereas Keaton is taking Affleck's place allegedly. And there's a whole generation of people who did not grow up with Keaton as Batman, so they don't care mm. about this Batman. It's like if Adam West took over, we'd be like, "Get out of here," because he's he's not our Batman. So they're like, I saw one thing where it's like, "Your Batman gets pissed off and angry and kills <laughs> people. My Batman, when he gets depressed, listens to Nirvana like any adult would do." <laughs> <laughs> what? Wait, who's the This is the whole freaking soundtrack of Pattinson's The Batman. That's what I'm saying. Pat Pattinson. Yeah. So there is some people are saying that's their Batman. Some people are saying Affleck is their Batman. Some people are saying Keaton's my Batman. So we're getting all these Batmans and fans are still complaining about I was them. gonna say, I mean it's multiverse. They're all your Batmans. That's what why I'm you gotta thinking. exclude, man. Enjoy the ride. I say enjoy the freaking ride, dude. Yo, so last week we talked about that um, Sharon Stone was going to be jumping in as Victoria Cord in DC's Blue Beetle movie. Well, something went down and she's not playing the role anymore. Susan Sarandon is jumping in. Oh. So mm. yeah. you're just trading in one beast for another beast, which leads me to believe this must be a beast of a part. If you go, if, if, if you just put in straight up beast actresses in this role. So who knows why Sharon Stone had a dropout? It could be anything, but Susan Sarandon is going to kill it. So hopefully it's a role worth killing. Um, Danny DeVito spoke on Colin Farrell's performance as the Penguin. He says, I thought Colin did a great job. Certainly a different Malou. I think it was more edgy, serious, gangstery Batman. Of course, there's three Italians who are bad guys in it, the Falcons, he laughs. But I feel like in terms of performance, I thought Colin, who was a good buddy of mine, I think he did a great job in that. You take your hat off to anybody who sits in that makeup chair for that long. I did it with the Penguin and loved it. He says, uh, but, you know, he's a Tim Burton fan and he likes the whimsical, operatic, disaffected Pee Wee Herman throws me off a bridge type Penguin origin story that makes him smile. And I think that's yeah. what's amazing about Batman almost over any comic book character. You can literally put him in this gritty gangster world or some over-the-top circus world, and it still is Batman. That's you know, funny. It always works. It's almost like Batman is the Shakespeare of the comic book world because it's so versatile it can absorb all kind of input. I think so. Wow. Wow. And he is very Hamlet. I'm about to say he is very Hamlet. He's kind of Hamlet. Or Simba, wherever you get your... your Simba, Simba. yeah. There's no judgment here. No judgment, whatever you like. The Batman hits 4K Blu-ray and DVD next month, guys. May 24th. Yeah. That also means it's going to be on uh, HBO. I think I'll be on HBO by the time this podcast drops. It's coming out in April, right? I, I think it's April now. That's what I'm saying. By the time this, you better watch the Batman. I'm just trying to get. I want to get my wife to the theater, though. I think you need to see it in the theater and oh. endure its long runtime. No hey, listen, bathroom breaks. You guys should pick up your uh, Str- Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness tickets. They're on sale right now. I got mine. Jack always oh. gets his. And. We will be reviewing that, gentlemen. We, yes, we will. Yes, we will. Keith Sutherland would be open to return as Jack Bauer in 24. Old he man Bauer. <laughs> he thinks that their 24 remains unresolved and he would be open to returning to the character if all the cards fell into place, which means we're getting a 24 sequel movie or whatever, and probably in the next two years at least. Well, I mean, 24 had a bunch of standalone little movies that came out, too. Dude. And stand, then another series came out without Jack Bauer, right? 
It was, yeah, they tried to they try to reboot the series with a different actor. It did not go. It didn't well. work. So I Easy think story. we're down for it. I'll be I down. Mean, I've never seen twenty four. I've never seen twenty four either. That was my first binge. I was I was I came to L.A. to pursue stuff. This was before I moved later, and I'm staying with Jason and Malcolm on their couch. Right, and Mac was obsessed with twenty four. That was his thing. And so since I was staying on his couch for so long, he had the box sets of all of them, but he was missing season one. But I started with season two. Yo, I binged that thing so hardcore. Man, <laughs> I tried to jump in. I just can't buy that. You can get across L.A. in less than an hour. <laughs> you got to you got to suspend give, your disbelief a little. You got to give a few passes. Yes, yeah. you have you pass it but i'll definitely if they're gonna do a continuation i'll definitely jump in I, that's something i've been meaning to uh to watch so we know that warner media and discovery have merged and apparently insiders say the new owners want to do a major overhaul of the dc property they want the movies to be more like the joker and they want a kevin Feige figure at the top so i think they want movies that maybe aren't trying to build a whole universe. It's really good films that can maybe justify its sequel. Like, we're not going to play in eight. It's like, let, let's knock this one out and do a good Why job. Why did you need a Kevin Feige? Because isn't he looking at planning eight? Well, I think the problem with DC was you didn't have someone to shepherd all of it. So mm-hmm. you kind of, if you do even, not, not even a, a world-building story, but if you just want a consistent level of quality. You kind of need someone looking over it because you have these execs in suits who don't know these characters that well, who, who won't know what to say yes or no to. You kind of need a guy that's going to be like, Superman would not watch his father die in a tornado. No. But I don't think that person be calling the shots like that. That's so producer, script writer, director sensibilities on something like that. What I think would be a shame would be if someone like Feige stepped in overseeing all of DC's content and then suddenly it all has the same tone. What what's nice about DC is the diversity of its tone. So I think since they mentioned the Joker, I think they want I don't think they want to go against tone because we're still getting comedies on HBO Max. I think that they want to keep films and maybe shows what, what like jo- you're talking about Joker with uh I'm talking about like when you got Joker, when you got Peacemaker, when you got those, but we still have Wonder Woman 84. There's like a, there's a quality control issue when it comes to what these. are you are you talking about I'm sorry you talk about Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie yes so the tone of that is such the antithesis of something like Suicide but, Squad but I don't think they're talking about tone I think they're talking about quality control like all their movies should be good and they all should make sense and having somebody who understands the source material at the top to make sure so you don't have suits going. Allowing directors or even yeah, pushing hang directors. On. I gotta, I gotta pump the brake. What on that is issue. the problem? Here's, that, here's the problem. Because I don't agree that that's necessarily what's going on with Marvel. Consider Civil War, right? Mm-hmm. If you look at the source material of the Civil War, this is an incredibly compelling uh, Jack, content. Not, but which, 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 all of it was sacrificed simply so the movie could don the title Civil War, although it had nothing to do with the comic it was stealing its title from. The pro- so, so I wouldn't say that they're safeguarding the content. Like they that. are safeguarding the content because regardless of the stories they're doing, all the characters feel like the characters. I give you that. So For the most the, part, I give you at that. At the end of the day, Spider-Man feels like Spider-Man regardless of the storyline. 
even though right. it's so here, but Superman doesn't feel like Superman in his movies. Because he's killing people and it doesn't cost them. Which anything. is why they want a Kevin Feige figure at the top, Jack. Why well, did you, why did you Adam take so freaking long? My, <laughs> are you applying for the position? I, I am not. I do not want that headache. But the owners of the, though the new owners have said, an insider has said that David Zaslav, the CEO, does Sounds want to revitalize, right? right? does want to revitalize Superman and other characters who he felt were underutilized in the DCEU for so long. So you got a guy coming in that's probably- How does that make sense either? You you basically only get Superman and Batman films. Now, are they trash sometimes? Wait, 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 wait. Did you say, wait, did you say we only get Superman and Batman films? The last- Up until recently, up until the last- Wait, 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 wait. So how many Superman films have we got in the last 10 years? Not enough. One? You are right. underutilized as far as that's concerned. Yo, hashtag, where is Man of Steel 2? Jack, I think when you listen back to this news <laughs> section, you're going to be like, what were you smoking? <laughs> no, yeah, Superman right. is the Iron Man slash Spider-Man of this universe, and he is barely in it. Yeah. Crazy. Well, there's also no universe. Just Not there really. Is. There is. We still, got, we still got an Aquaman movie coming out. We still got a Black Adam movie coming out. Those are connected. Ish. Ish. We'll see what Ish. happens. We'll see what happens with these new executives. Rich! Yeah. You think you know about it. I think you think you're a Halo connoisseur. I think you think you know a lot about Halo. I know, I know a little bit about it. A little bit. I don't no? think, but I don't think you are. Not okay. until you get the Halo official cookbook. 192. Oh, <laughs> a 192-page hardbound cookbook is said to include recipes from across the galaxy, a step-by-step instruction, and photos in order to make food inspired by the Halo universe. You are not a Halo fan unless you're able to cook Halo. My question with that is some of the ingredients got to be off-planet. Hey, man. You, you know, there is a cookbook for the the... Which one was it? The second to last Final Fantasy game, there was a cookbook. And since it's all Japanese food they're cooking in the thing, the cookbook actually made sense. Right. Like, I can get behind that. This Halo one just sounds like a money grab. Listen, yeah. if you're not eating Halo, I don't know what you're doing. Halo. What, is Halo? what is Halo food, though? Let's be for real. Like, I don't know. I barely played the game. <laughs> KJ Affa and Isabel May are cast in HBO Max's The Wonder Twins. We're getting a Wonder Twins uh live action comedy on hbl max guess what i wanted it's going to be amazing it's going like it's going to be a comedy on hbl max the second comedy after peacemaker just killed it this is going to be everything you want it to be this is going to be in the world what i wanted it's going to give you like you didn't realize how much you love vigilante until you saw the peacemaker guaranteed Last bit of news, Jack. Elden Ring player beats the game using only the ground slam ability. Yeah. Wow. He's probably the first person to beat the game, too. YouTube user. No, he's YouTube, not the first. But he's the first to use the ground yeah. slam ability only. Uh, distortion to an Elden Ring speedrunner who currently holds the world record for beating the game in under nine minutes uploaded a two-hour highlight reel of his ground slam only run. So, Jack. He beat the game in nine minutes? Yes. Yeah. So you need to play the game. Stop with all this. You ain't got time. That's fair. Hey, <laughs> what, what, what is your shirt, Rich? What? Oh, it, uh, Son Goku. Ah. 
Little Son Goku. What is coming out his butt? That's his tail, right? Right? Right, right. Sorry. That's his tail, right? Oh, man. Don't don't ever say that again. They will come for your head. Oh, man. Jack doesn't know that Goku had a tail. Jack, did you know Goku had a tail? Yeah, of course. Oh, everybody knows that. But that shirt is uh, is funny to see him without his clothes on. Yeah, it's like when he was in the uh, the capsule. Right. Like in his capsule. Mm-hmm. Are you wearing that because we're talking about anime content today? No, not really. I just, just I haven't worn it. I was like, let me put it on. It's good looking. It looks clean. Does this look clean? <laughs> <laughs> Jack, are you wearing your T-shirt because we're talking about anime content today? Yeah, I'm wearing a one-piece T-shirt with the... Oh, yeah. The guy's silhouetted. So oh, nice. And That's I got dope. my uh, Pokemon hat on. Sick. And Sick. Lawrence is wearing his I've Just Come Back from the Dead Superman shirt. Yes, because I just come back from the dead after watching this movie. Oh, Are you kidding? <laughs> really? It sucked. But we'll get to it. Mm. Wow. We'll get to it. Mm. You're about we'll to be one to brother. <laughs> okay. You explain to me the plot of this movie and we'll dance. <laughs> we'll dance. <laughs> but stop laughing. <laughs> I'm trying to stop being polite. It's time for a debate. Ooh, let's, let's get, get ready to rock. Yo, we talk about team ups all the time. We talk about versus all the time. But we don't really talk about what happened. We took a Marvel villain and a DC villain, and they teamed up to conquer the world, cause mayhem, or whatever. What would be an awesome duo? A villain duo. One character from Marvel, one character from DC. What you got? I've got an honorable mention, but I'll mm. do it after everyone's done theirs. All right. Rich? I'm taking oh. Lex. I'm taking Lex Lex Luthor. Uh-huh. And the thing about Lex is he could pair really well with a lot of other gents. Um, which might be a second category of honorable mentions. But if I had to put one person with him, might do Doctor Doom. Lex Luthor and Doctor Doom could probably wreak a lot of havoc would on they be, the planet. Would it, would it be like two alphas? Would it be like two people that want to be in control? Would they be able to work together? Well, they'd probably be able to work together better than, say, Lex Luthor and Kingpin. Oh, yeah. Facts. You know what I mean? They're, they're yeah. too similar. But Doctor Doom, I feel like there are ways where they can enhance and uh, make the other better. And I see a lot of respect between them. Yeah, exactly. Whereas Kingpin, I feel like it would be competition. Like they'd be going at each other. Yeah. 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 Well, nice. Rich, what you got? Um, well, since y'all did that whole thing, honorable mentions, I'm just going to throw my honorable mention out there real quick. Kingpin and Lex Luthor. Was that your honorable <laughs> okay. That was my honorable mention. I feel like Lex Luthor can run the overall and Kingpin could like micromanage because, you know, he only takes care of like his own uh, taking over his like city Three blocks city, of city blocks. Hell Kitchen. <laughs> he cares about Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> you know? So, That's you know, K- Lex Luthor can take Kingpin like, hey, I'm going to need you to go there and whip these guys into shape over in this section. Like, okay, I got you. I don't know how Kingpin talks. But anyway. But um, my mention, though, is going to be, I'm going to butcher this dude's name. Zhu Wen Yu? That's um, uh, the Mandarin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And Lex Luthor. Yeah, similar to Dr. Doom. A lot of respect. 
Although I wonder if the Mandarin would even see himself equal to Lex Luthor. Like, would he rock Lex Luthor? I would say the Mandarin, like the Lex Luthor would be the face of everything since he's so like, you know, in the face of everyone and wants to be seen and everything like that. And the Mandarin would be in the background. Kind of run like the grittier part of things. Respect. In the shadow. Respect. Because that's what his whole organization was anyway. Like he, he, no, first he was like no roaming army. And then next thing you know, he's running things in the shadow. They fear when they, when they hear the name of this dude. Respect. Respect. What you want, Jack? I see your face. What do you got (laughs) to say? I was thinking it's really nice uh, team up there you put together. Although the idea that Luther would work with someone who operates in the shadows, I'm like, when's the last time he teamed up with Ra's al Ghul? I honestly don't know if he did or did it. I had to go look that up. So if that's such a great pairing, why wouldn't the latter pairing have ever happened? It might have. I got to look that up. <laughs> I don't know. That wasn't, look that, up. That, that wasn't the assignment. I don't know. <laughs> that's true. Rich is like, I'm not doing your homework for you. I did my. <laughs> well, I was wondering if there might be a better pairing for the Mandarin. Well, you might slip into my honorable mention if you do that. All right. Well, let's hear your list then. My honorable mention would be, this would be like a one-time thing only. Like these two people would not work together, but they would have, they would have a similar cause of destroying and resurrecting the world. And it would be the Mandarin, the, uh, the, the Mandarin and Ra's al Ghul. Well, okay. they're both shadow people. They're both shadow people. Razagul wants to purge the world and Mandarin wants to run the world. And I think they would be at odds 99% of the time, but I think they'd be a real cool story where 1% of that time, they, them working together. That's similar the- to, uh, to my honorable mention, which I'll say in a minute. Mm, Unless it's your main pick. I don't know. No, it's not my main. I don't think so. My main pick is more comedy than. <laughs> I, have, I have another honorable mention that breaks the rules because this character is not a Marvel character, but that's why it's an honorable mention is Spawn, the clown, and the Joker. Uh-huh. The Joker. And it's just that would like be a fun team up. One night of hell. Let's <laughs> just tear New York and, and freaking Gotham up and outdo the each clown. other. What was it? Remember it? What was his name? Was his name? Was it Dom? He turned into the Dominator, right? right? Yeah. Clown. But clown. He's the, the clown. clown. Yeah. And then he would turn into the, the monster. Yeah. Um, but my pick would be this would be like on some buddy cop tip. Violator. Violator. Violator yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um it's a way would, better name. <laughs> this would be on some buddy cop tip. Wade Wilson and Slade Wilson. Deadpool wow. and Deathstroke. Wade and Slade. And Wade, Slade and Wade and Slade. And it would be hilarious because, you know, Deadpool is uh, kind of a spoof on Deathstroke. But it would be this two assassins who are very good at what they do. One is serious as hell. And the other one, as we know, is whimsical and funny. And I think they would hate each other the whole way, but they had a similar goal and would respect each other's skills at the same time, hating each other the entire time. And there will be times where Deathstroke would literally just chop off Deadpool's arm because he knows he can grow back. Just because he knows he can grow back. I was going to say, it's going to be like a Wolverine dynamic there. You're just going to just injure him because he knows it's not going to kill him. Right. Yeah. And right. Deadpool is going to take that as affection. You love me. Yeah. They make a movie with that dynamic. Wasn't it called Red Notice? Not really. Deathstroke is more, it's more Riggs and Murtaugh. 
It's more, well, not even rigged. It's like rigs and anything Ryan Reynolds has been in. Right. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. I think that'd be just really funny. And their costumes complement each other. They both got swords. Yeah. Yeah. That could, that, that, that works well. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Jack, what's your, what's your honorable mention? Oh, it's the most obvious. Dark side and uh, Thanos. That would, they, they would never work together. Yeah. They would, they would take over everything and then, and then, and then battle each other. I don't you think need, they, you need a big ending. You're going to have a content like that. I don't think they would work with each other. Dark side wants to like just conquer everything. Whereas Thanos, yeah. Thanos wants balance in the universe. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, don't they, even have the same agenda. Yeah, but they yeah. look the same. They're basically knockoffs of each other. But they don't have like Dark Side wants to like terraform like every planet into apocalypse. All right. Yeah. And like Thanos wants the opposite of that. Okay. <laughs> like, okay I want my- harmony. I need I, I need to balance everything so the world the universe has a chance. Whereas Dark Side is like, nah, all this needs to be mine. Thanos and Raza Ghoul would probably have a similar philosophy right. or, or yeah. on balance, That's harmony, and purging. Interesting. But do they complement each other well with their resources they'd be bringing no. to the table? One's one's cosmic and one's you know yeah. earthly. But I think Thanos and, and Darkseid would be adversaries. I don't think they'd work together. What about Bowser and Ganon? Ganon? Bowser. I mean, they like kidnapping things, right? Ganon? <laughs> kidnapping people. Who's Ganon? Who's Ganon? I don't know Ganon. Zelda. Gan- yeah, Zelda. Oh. Well, yeah, they they would. They share That's that. It's so funny you said that. They like kidnapping things. <laughs> kidnapping is on the top of their agenda. <laughs> it's just like they can share tips on kidnapping. Um, no real debate here. Just a fun talk. <laughs> Great talk, guys. Uh, I think it's time to get to the reason why we're here. It's, it's time, time for, for the, the main, main event. event. Guys, back in the 80s, a certain anime changed the whole freaking game. Apparently, it's the anime that, like, made the rest of the world fall in love with anime. Back in 1988, Akira dropped. It changed the game when it came to storytelling. It changed the game when it came to freaking animation in anime. Uh, We got this gem in 1988. But the question is, does it hold up? And if you've never seen it before, would you like it in 2022? But before all that, let's get into what this thing is. Jack. Spoiler (laughs) alert for anyone who hasn't seen Akira. The granddaddy of all anime films, which came out, as Lawrence said, in 1988. It's actually pretty basic plot once you divide the groups of people in the organizations. You have a biker gang, a government military faction that's doing experiments on people, and then you've got the rest of the civilian population, essentially. What happens is, and this is a messy recap, but it gives you the point of Akira. Set in Tokyo in 1988, what happens is the end of World War III. We don't get exactly the context of what happened, but we know that there's a massive explosion somehow. Jump to the film is set in the future for when it came out in 1988. It's set in 2019, which is now in the past for us. We're, <laughs> we're, watching old, a, y'all. <laughs> we're watching a future film, which is also probably why Akira started gaining a lot more momentum recently because it became when the film was set a few years ago. So we're set in Neo Tokyo, that's New Tokyo, in uh, 2019, after the Third World War. 
We're following a biker gang who is battling a rival biker gang called the Clowns. In the meantime, we have one of the experiments from this government facility who's on the run. He's fleeing. We don't know why, but he is. And what happens is the biker gang runs into the experiment child. Benjamin Button. Yeah, basically. They're experimenting on children. Uh, The kid's name is... How do you get Benjamin Button? Because he's a little old man. He's like he a was, little old man. He's all wrinkly, but so, he's a child. Okay, yeah, he's a kid. Takashi, right. I think some version of that. Takashi is the name of the kid who's being experimented on. And so they run into him and he like psionic blasts one of the main biker gang members who were following. Tetsu, yes. yes. Tetsu. So he psionic blasts or somehow blasts Tetsu. And he's out. And then the government swarms in and they take back their experiment kid who's gone running, and they take the biker gang guy who just got blasted, and they take him with them. while the rest of the team is like, yo, what's going on, man? Give us a friend back, and they bounce. And now this is where the movie gets a little confusing because they start mashing all these storylines together, but what's happening is Tetsuo is basically losing his mind as it's merging with uh, essentially like the hive mind of Akira. And these other kids who are coming in and they're messing with them. So we're seeing a lot of fantastical and odd things that we can't process. But neither can he, which is why he keeps saying, what is this? Is this a dream? Am I tripping? What's going on? What's real? And he doesn't know. Um, Basically, the government facility recognizes that there's something significant happening with Tetsuo. And they want to harvest his power by fast-tracking him through the program of what these other experiment kids are going through. And we know they've experimented on at least 25 or so uh, people at this point, three of which we know are living. Akira, who's, I guess, the biggest harbinger of power that they found at that point, who's buried underground. Long story short, the biker gang goes to retrieve their friend... (laughs) It's a, it's a pretty simple plot, actually. The biker gang goes to retrieve their friend. That gets spoiled along the way. Kanida! Kanida. So Kanida wants to go get his buddy back. So he, uh, but he also ran into this girl who he's got the hots for. She's like a freedom fighter or resistance fighter. Exactly. Right? She's part of a resistance group. Because the civilians, the third thing, they're basically ripping themselves apart fighting uh, the police and the government. Right. Yes. And there's also a because Akira is known throughout the world because you said Akira was pretty much or could have been the cause. We're really not 100 percent sure on that one, but could have been the cause of the World War, World War Three or, um, so or the ending of it. So there is a uh, fanatical group that supports Akira and right. wishes him to come back. Yeah, mm. he's basically the second coming. Yeah. Right. Which is this mystery that's like. What is Akira? Who is Akira? Where is Akira? And everyone thinks Akira is alive at this point, but locked up to contain the, the powers of them. So long story short, Kaneda goes to get his buddy back. All hell breaks loose. The buddy starts developing crazy kinetic uh, powers. You got to keep in mind, this predates a movie like Chronicles. Uh, Chronicle, even though there's so many similarities, right? It's inspired by it. Yeah, absolutely. 100 percent 
This predates Matrix. This predates all these things and all those movies. There's no way you can't say they didn't steal inspiration from this this piece. Which is why I think the movie completely still holds up. Um, Well, okay, we'll get to that part. We'll get to that part. (laughs) So anyways, here we go. Long story short, they break into the government facility as Tetsuo is breaking himself out of the government facility because his powers are growing exponentially. When Kanada finally gets there, sees Tetsuo, he's like, hey, man, what are you doing? Tetsuo's mad confused why he's there and actually starts getting angry. Why are you here? Because all his life, he's felt inferior to his friend Kanada. Yes, because Kanada's basically been the big brother. But there's something funny about a big brother, little brother dynamic. Sometimes that little brother can process the things that the big brother's done as if he's been living under the shadow of the big brother. And the big brother is like, I'm just trying to umbrella you from being hurt in life, man. And so you got this weird dynamic that happens really quickly. And so you're like, like, by quickly, he means like everything that Jack said is not in the movie. It's just, it happens in five seconds. No, it's in the movie. It just barely, happens. No, so barely, you barely get. You nah, you get barely, all their backstory. You, you get their backstory. Barely. You get it. You get in a you very get the, exposition. Here are your facts. Let's move on. You, you, you kind of get, you kind of get, get in a, uh, an idea of it when he, every time he's trying, every time he tries to help him out, he's like, you know, stop. He pretty much said, stop helping me out. Like, I don't need your help. And then, yes, at further into the movie, you get more of a backstory when a flashback of when he was younger. Like, yeah. like at, at the end. Yeah, this is but, a, but, this but is, even this still. This is a quick recap, but there are moments leading up to this moment. Like, and... when, when uh, Tato is with the girl, Kaori, and they're, like, going to rape her, and they punch her in the face, and they're beating up uh, Tetsuo, and Kaneda shows up with his yeah. other boys, and they, and they do save him. But Tetsu is not happy to see him. He's like, I can take care of myself when clearly mm-hmm. he can't. And so we see these seeds planted all throughout the film that there's a he feels inferior to him, where Kanada really just wants to protect him because he, he he does care about him. Yeah. And later in the film, you see that that care is actually reciprocated. It's just muddy here as relationships sometimes get muddy. I don't mean the film is muddy. I mean, their it's relationship muddy. is muddy. That's what I mean. It's muddy. Yeah, I see <laughs> your face. For those of you who can't see, Lawrence has tons of judgment for this film on his I face. Do. I Lawrence do. is not a big anime guy, and I'm wondering if he watched the dubbed version or tried to read along. If I tried to read along, I wouldn't make it. I figured he probably watched the dubbed version. All right. All right. So pushing on. So I'm sure it's the same story, though. <laughs> so Kanada hooks up with the freedom fighter girl Mitsura and her friend to infiltrate the government facility. They run into Tetsuo who has now gone almost supernova on some level as he's escaping. We talked about that. He's like, what are you doing here? He gets angry that his friend came to rescue him. I don't need you rescuing me anymore. And he basically turns violent on everything. Meanwhile, we start getting the other three experimental children they're almost kind of like uh precogs too like uh, minority report precogs but they also have kinetic powers and stuff like that so there's a mixing of how their energy has blended and they start filtering in things that as an audience member we're otherwise not privy to they're kind of the thing that lets us understand the backstory as they're trying to explain it to the girl who's with uh, Canada in Canada 
apparently the girl who's with Kanada is kind of a conduit person. So she can house their powers and abilities a little bit. Why? We don't exactly Reasons. know. I don't, I don't think she can house them. They're just using her. They, well, they're, they're just... using her, but they but they're specific with that too. They say they say there's a reason she's here and we can use her. And they're using her, uh, not him. So there's something serendipitous about this particular they, freedom. Oh, I thought they just chose her. I think you just like uh, just like Tetsuo seemed to have a uh, a propensity to being able to incorporate these powers, she seemed to somehow line up with it too, which is why she seemed to be an easier thing for them to grab to. But, but they said something like everybody has the innate ability, but others, yeah, it can flourish. Exactly. On what spectrum are you on, right? Yeah. Um, so that's why they keep using her as the conduit. And then they really start using her as a conduit near the end battle, which happens uh, happens pretty quick. So Tetsuo goes to their local bar to get a drink, and it takes very little for him to lose himself at this moment. Another one of the bike, biker members say even asks him, are you even Tetsuo? Meaning... Something about him is completely changing his personality, his essence, who he is. He's losing himself to this power of Akira. Akira! Right? But it's all in there. It's all in the film, Lars. Lars is just making hey, ass gestures. I'm like, we're taking two hours and recap a two-hour movie. <laughs> no, we're not. This is it. So then he quickly goes off the rail. Then you have Kanada. Uh, he finds one of the survivors of the friends who was killed at the bar. He says who did it and what's happened. So he makes a decision to go stop him. So he grabs some power packs that he finds along the way and a gun that he stole from the government. And he goes to have his final showdown while the government themselves are now trying to stop him because he's completely out of control. It's it's basically that ending battle in Chronicle where you have the military factions shooting at the guy. We got bombs going off, but we also have him warring with just his best friend. The government was also... Not aiding him, but in some sort of... Well, the thing about the government is, and this is, I think, so true to most government, they still, more than they care about civilian safety and population and stuff like that, they care about harnessing that power. So they're really trying to do anything they can to safeguard their ability to getting Tetsuo back with them so they can harness his power, which I don't understand why they think he would, but... That's their objective the entire time, right up until the end where they're doing anything they can to blow the kid up. Mm-hmm. Literally, they have a laser beam on a satellite in space shooting basically something that wipe out three city blocks. And they're trying to hit this kid and just obliterate him. And it's not working because his powers are growing exponentially by the second until literally he flies up into space and Kung Fu Chop blasts that, you know, laser yes, factory. The- the power is growing so much that he loses one of his arms and crafts a, which I thought was pretty cool, crafts a arm out of just scrap metal and things mm. that are just around. So he had like a metal arm, like a mech arm, which yeah. is like my thing. I, I'm like, that's pretty dope. But uh, he's losing control so fast is the that the arm which he creates now is starting to just yes. devour him, ingest him. What's well, the power? It's the power, Yeah, it's the right? power. Yeah, it's the power. So and, yeah, it's, and it's just showing you how much he's losing control, how how powerful he's getting, but yet he's getting so powerful he cannot control the power that's growing in him. physically. 
just yeah. growing right. into this blob of flesh and hands and just consuming well, and everything. so. So before that happens, he gets hit to the idea of who and what Akira is. And he decides, I have to go get Akira. I have to find Akira and get Akira so I can harness and understand the power myself. And he does. He finds where Akira, Akira is being housed, and he rips this building-sized structure out of the ground to city level and then starts ripping that structure apart as he's battling other, you know, the government and the girl who's being uh, controlled by the other precogs. And he finally opens up the final capsule that he's thinking in houses Akira only to find vials and test tubes and uh, cylinders that have the organs and different body parts of Akira. And that's when the government chimes in and it's their last try to get uh, Tetsuo to stop fighting and to join them again. They go, all right, so now you know the truth. And they're saying this all for the citizens too at this point who think Akira's alive and going to make a second coming. Now everyone knows the truth. Akira is dead, has been dead for a long time, and the government systematically mutilated Akira to try to understand the power that he had. And they use that understanding after dissecting him to try to put that power or versions of that power into other people, which is why they have these three kind of powerful children, precognitive creatures and a series of other, uh, others that probably died along the way. And so now the truth is out. Um, so Tetsuo blows everything up for a moment, takes the vials of Akira and I think runs away to like a stadium, a football stadium or a soccer stadium of some kind. Well, they were always they were there stadium. for yeah, the last, the last, last battle when his arm starts going. They were in the stadium. Yeah, because Akira was underneath the stadium. They built a stadium on top of Akira. Oh, so there was a jump in time. I missed that. There is a jump in time, though, because a whole other day goes by because then you have um, Canada is charging up the gun. He oh, uses yeah. his friend's bike. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, that's why I thought there was a change of location. No, I don't. That was just a weird, like, it's an odd transition. Peacetime, I guess. Ceasefire. So everyone, yeah. Well, the other thing that happens is Tetsu starts trying to navigate and understand what's going on a little better. Like that berserker rage has died down a little bit, and he's—I uh, don't know—it could have something to do with the other precogs are trying to work over on him. It could have something to do with the fact that Akira, although in dismembered parts, is actually still here, and he's out of his cryogenic freezer that he had been in. He's also um, scared too. At this point, he's like, give me my medicine. He's like, he's a, like, whatever's happening to him. He's even more out of control and he's in and he's, pain. And he's yeah, identified that he's pain. out of control. Yeah, exactly. And so then you have the final battle. Then the final battle happens. Uh, you have Canada goes there with the guns. He's got his bikes, uh, his bike, and he starts blasting the guy. You have the Colonel shows up with a gun <laughs> It's the only thing he's got, and he starts shooting them. Uh, the girl is still there, and the precogs are there. And then what happens is Tetsuo completely loses control and turns into this giant, robotic, flesh, massive blob that just continues to grow and <laughs> expand, absorbing everything like around Like a tumor. It. He turns into a tumor. And it's not a tumor. It, it might be a tumor. <laughs> so he sucks his girlfriend into him. 
And he's now now Tesso is freaking out because he, the things he's absorbing, he's literally absorbing into his psyche also. So mm-hmm. he's he's freaking out because he can feel the the memory and the soul and the essence of the persons and the things that he's absorbing into him as he's growing exponentially out of control. And then he sucks in Canada. He sucks in all these other things. I'm sorry. He does though. <laughs> they gets absorbed into him. However you want to process that is what happens. All right. <laughs> you guys are, Hey, you bunch of juveniles grow up. Come on. What are we <laughs> kindergarten here? Anyways. So then Canada uh, starts blasting his gun off since he's already inside his friend. <laughs> He does. I'm sorry, but he does. There's no A. <laughs> Where else are you going to blast off, Rich? Yeah. <laughs> Not in my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is right here. It's the best part of the movie for me. <laughs> right okay, okay, okay. So then there's a supernova that happens, essentially some sort of, uh, well, I'm sorry. Akira shows up. Akira's pieces assimilate back together and we see kind of a ghostly image of a kid uh, and it's Akira back in the flesh-ish somehow. And he... And the other three, um, Enpaths or kids, experiments, they come together. Because they plan to come together to contain Tatsuo. So what happens is Akira starts that process. Everyone else is trying to get out of Akira's energy bubble because I guess nothing's going to survive or be able to escape from it. Um, but then the the three empaths kids jump into the bubble in a heroic gesture to try to save the people who they felt had nothing to do with what was going on. And they were like, it's our responsibility because they had nothing to do with it. Even Tetsuo. Tetsuo, their kid was like, it's not his fault. (laughs) It's not his fault. And it wasn't right. Um, So they jump in and they're not able to save Tetsuo, but they are able to save Canada and the other, the freedom fighter and the girl from being obliterated and absorbed. Um, then that's pretty much the end of the movie. And you kind of get a little bit of a hint that there might quite possibly could be a sequel. Oh, well, because the energy is still there. This whole, yeah. on some level, this whole thing is about life is energy, right? The Big Bang was just a spark of energy. Akira is just a spark of energy. It's the same energy, the secret of the universe, the secret of existence. It's all trapped in this energy wave that houses memory and knowledge and all these things. And so what we have at the end of the film is still the energy is out there. And that's what they're showing us. They're showing um, us that energy exists. What's her name? Um, Kai. She was pretty much like, you know, no, the dude was like, is Tetsuo dead? And um, Kanida was like, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. I don't think so. Um, well. <laughs> so Lawrence doesn't think this movie holds up. Here's what, I, here's what I think works about the film. Wait, Jack. Hold on. Let me jump in. You, <laughs> I got it. Let me jump in real quick. Your recap explained the movie way better than the movie explains itself. And I think it's because you're able to narrow down and simplify the plot. You cut out a lot of junk. You trimmed a lot of fat. You didn't deal with the dude in the briefcase who's like, you didn't deal with all the other things in this movie that was just like, why are you here? Why are you here? Now, I understand that this movie changed the game. And I agree. 
if I saw this in 1988, just the, an, the animation is like, you've never seen anything like this before. I think I read somewhere where it was like, they didn't even do animation that took place at night like that because the amount of color you need to make it look and have depth. And these guys were changing the game. So they changed the freaking game. But at the end of the day, it still has to be a story with characters that I think are compelling that I care about. And this did not have it. And since I'm watching it in 2022 and I'm not mesmerized by the animation because up until this point, I've seen versions of this that copied this. I'm left with the story and what should have been a simple story about this biker gang and this thing that happens to them turns like things just happen. They just happen all over the place. It's just happening. We're in the sewers. It's just happening. Kid runs out. It's just ha- things just happen. And there's no character here you really care about. You care about Tetsu a little bit, but we don't even get a whole lot of him. We get him spliced in a whole lot of fat. This movie is not a good movie. It's not, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a visual masterpiece. Not a good movie. Listen, the main character that I am glad that, uh, that I want, I cared about the most and that I'm glad survived throughout the whole ordeal was Kaneda's bike. Yes. That bike was dope. Now let me say, no, I want to jump on that Rich, because when, when people talk about Akira and if you've never seen it, you think about that bike, you think about the biker jacket, you think about, all these elements, but you don't like, I don't, I don't know what the movie is going into it. So what's been told to me over the last 30 years, we're not actually part of the plot. The aesthetic is the thing that holds up, not the actual story. I think, I think the hard thing about that is it's, I thought about this while I was, while I was watching, I was like, you know, it's actually a lot simpler than I remember it being watching it. I've, I've seen the film a few times now. Uh, but not recently. And watching it this time, it, it occurred to me so clearly that this is a this piece is about just two best friends. It literally is. It had not occurred to me when I watched Chronicles how much of it was just ripped off of, right. of this. Because this has 60 minutes that have nothing to do with two best friends. That's the yeah. problem. Well, it's weaving movie. in, it's trying to weave in the backstory that helps us understand how this power thing happens in the first place. It feels to me it's exposition because they had a dense uh, source material manga. They're trying to like put, fit into a two hour movie and they threw so much information in and were completely unaware of the heart because the heart of the movie isn't going to give you the spectacle that you want. The spectacle is in the sewer. You got a rat floating up with maggots. You got explosions and this and that. You got like the, 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 the spectacle is amazing, but it's like Chronicle. We don't love Chronicle because of the special effects. We love it because of the dudes that the, the friendship and this movie didn't set up their friendship. Yeah. You get the, hit the fan. You get the friendship after it's hit the fan that's true you get backstory as to just how close they actually were and you get it from what's interesting is you get it from you really get it when tetsuo starts to absorb canada is when we start understanding their friendship from canada's point of view which is the hour and 45 minute mark right but it that does but it's still there it's in a bad location for it but it is there right but where it is doesn't carry me for doesn't carry me throughout the progression of the relationship. Now, if I if I was like you, if I if I saw this multiple times, if I liked it enough to rewatch it, then the third watch I can carry that with me in my watch. 
But then as a first time watcher, I know they're friends. I know you care about him, but I don't care that you care about him because I didn't get to see Rich. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, it was poorly put together, but it's still a good movie. What makes it a good movie? Because the story's there. The story, just, you just got you to work it all around so yeah. that it makes sense for you. It's making me work too hard. <laughs> but the story's there. And, you want, me and to re- you want me to listen to this in Japanese and have to rearrange the story in my brain in real time? Yeah, man. Yeah, why not? Here's what, here's, here's what I'll agree with. I agree that, and this is, if this film did get remade and Leonardo DiCaprio has been looking at trying to produce a live action of this since I think 2019. So if this film were to get made or remade or something, I, I do think what would help significantly is if they really anchor the relationship of these two guys. Yeah. They yeah. would, I was to make it work that they, they would need to rearrange the, the, the storytelling of it. Pretty much. Well, we just need the the brother dynamic. So even yeah. in the beginning where he's reprimanding him, we need it to be we need to really feel and know it's coming from a point of love, right? And the then we'll know why he them. like even before they're told like that biker gang is on this bridge or whatever, like we need to start with them and who these guys are and the government stuff. There's so many question marks around that on purpose, I think, that it's not even necessary. Maybe in the manga. But not in a two-hour film. Like, I don't need the details of the governmental corruption. It, 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 it takes away from the thing we care about. At the end of the day, we're left with two brothers, and one evolves into something. It's not even his fault. Like, that's yeah. the movie. Well, listen, it's, it literally is Chronicle. Chronicle made a better Akira movie. Yeah, it made it. Story. Not, not, I won't say the visual freaking milestones, but story-wise... Yeah. Yeah. You got two friends, one of which lose himself and the other has to get him in check. But you spend an hour of I get why you guys are friends. Now, I would recommend anyone who hasn't seen Akira to watch Akira. It is the movie. It is the this movie changed the game. It's the same as saying, hey, should you go watch Citizen Kane? Should you go watch Godfather? I'm sorry, Jack. I got it. This is not. Mm-mm. I hate watch this movie. <laughs> like I enjoyed it. And then literally it, with each passing minute, I started hating it. And I'm like, you are so dumb for trying to be so smart. And then and, and, in the beginning, the be- I loved it. And the, the violence and the gore, I thought and it was beautiful and the story. And then as it went on, I'm like, you're losing your reason for existing. I think if you're an anime head, you love anime. Watch this. You, you'll naturally fill in the blanks. But if you're just looking for a good movie and you're a casual anime watcher, you're going to love the first five minutes and you will get bored and go like, why do I care? Like, why do I care? After the, 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 the 15th body blowing up blood and guts, you're like, okay, okay. And you've seen stuff like this before at this point. So it's not brand new. You're like, okay, why do I care? It's an hour in, and I don't know why everyone's just showing up everywhere. I don't know who to root for. Who am I behind? 
Do I want Tetsuo to, to freaking turn into God and destroy the city? Do I want the government to stop him? Do I want his friend to kill him? Are they friends? I guess I'll find out later how deep their relationship is. Do I want him to get with the girl? Is there romance there? I don't know. Does Tetsu have any other friends? <laughs> like, it's just, and, and what is happening to you? And these three little like magic guys, what is your deal? And I'm sorry, you can't like first tell me what's happening instead of showing me. And then you can't like spoon feed me your reasons in like act three. And I'm just supposed to be like, oh, wow, wow, wow. Yeah. When you were kids, he stood up for you. Yeah. No. I'm sorry. If Akira isn't the godfather of anime, what is? The godfather of anime, but it's not like you have to watch the godfather you can watch you can watch you can watch all the things akira inspired and be fine without watching akira in my opinion you can't watch the godfather i can watch a tons of mafia stuff and be good i have never watched the godfather you would love the godfather part two you might find it long and boring (laughs) <laughs> but uh, yeah, I heard it, that was that was the worst one. No, was that, was that three? three? Three. When they try to come back like uh, ten years later. Three. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's not if you are a visual arts kind of person. If if, if like for you, story secondary, you just want to see some dope anime animation. Well, there, there is a story there. There it's is actually pretty good. It's just not. Here's what I'll agree. Not with good. You. It's not organized in a way that's the most effective. That's the story. That is true. If, if I make you a freaking souffle, but mess up the ingredients, they're all the right ingredients. I just didn't put it in in a way that's edible. It's not a good souffle. I don't care if I use the right ingredients. Oh, that's, that's interesting. It's, it's, hard yeah. to, it's hard to argue that. But th- listen, anyone who appreciates, I was more appreciative this time watching it than I had been before because I started seeing where so many other films had their source of inspiration. Yeah. It's like, oh, it, it was right here. Akira was like ground zero for so many things. And sometimes just because of the history of a thing, the enjoyment of that thing can be elevated. And for me, watching it this time around, I had that. I was excited. I was, I was excited in a different way than I was before. Um is it a great film? No. Is it a good film? Yeah. It's it. Listen, it's not. It's not as bad as Lawrence is. Watch it. it. <laughs> Watch it. <laughs> and I'll say this: I've never seen Akira, but it's the movie that I've always wanted to see, and I've been meaning to see because I've heard so much about it. That also goes against it because you have the lore. It has to live up to the lore. It has to live up to the best anime. It's, it's anime. Incarnate is the best version of anime you'll ever see in your life. So you're going in with all of that as well. That's funny. You know, do films still hold up? I think about Princess Bride all the time. That holds Would, up. That holds but the up. combat, does the combat hold up? No, but the movie was meant to be charming and romantic. The point of it holds up. Does the point of this, what is the point of this movie? Yeah, and it should be a relationship-driven thing. Well, two brothers, you know, trying to survive in the world. Is it? Is it, Richie? Is it, though? Two brothers trying to survive out here. You know what I mean? They probably shared two seconds of screen time. He's right. Listen, Rich is right. That is what the film is at the heart of it. Lawrence is right. That's not in the film enough. 
And that's probably the film. The film is a relationship-driven thing that doesn't spend enough time developing the relationship. That's probably the film. But it is freaking beautiful. And when you think about it being 1988, yo, at a time where anime was freaking choppy, where animation was choppy in general, you watch this thing, you barely notice the 30 years on it. You might think it came out in like 2001 or something. Or it yeah. just feels stylized. Or stylized. But no, it's, it's, it's pretty brilliant visually. Um, whoever, whoever, whoever's mind this was, they're madmen in the most amazing way. Uh, body horror and everything. <laughs> um, so that's dope. But I have some recommendations, guys. Recommendations. So we're talking about Akira. We're talking about with great power comes great responsibility. But what happens with great power comes irresponsibility. So here's a couple <laughs> things to look at if you're interested of what happens when great power falls in the hands of someone who is innocent but goes the wrong way. First that we've been talking about it is Chronicle. Three friends who get this power and it only enhances who they really are. And one of them has issues. He goes through abuse. He's, he's, he's bullied. And with this power, in his words, he becomes the apex predator and he turns into a supervillain. The first version of this, I think, of someone with great power comes great irresponsibility is Carrie, starring um, Sissy Spacek. A high school great. girl telekinetic powers whose mother is so religious she believes her daughter is the devil and this girl gets pushed too much and uses her powers to literally kill everyone in her prom and then kill her mom at the end spoiler alert came out in the 70s and then my last recommendation is actually a comic book in the 2000s uh dc did something called infinite crisis which happened was After the crisis, we had the world set as it was from the 80s, but then we find out that there are characters from before the crisis that existed. One is Superboy, one's a version of Superman, one's a version of Lex Luthor. Superboy has been watching from the distance as this world goes on. He sees Connor Kent, who's Superboy, and he hates the fact that his place was taken. These versions of the characters are way powerful. So Superboy comes to Earth after breaking his way out and tries to set it straight. In doing so, he is so powerful, he's literally killing people by accident. <laughs> a hero comes up to him and tries to stop him, turns around and slaps her, and her head blows up. He's like, I didn't mean to, I'm so sorry. Like, he's just murdering people because they're all like paper to him, and he hasn't had the training. And then he becomes Superboy Prime, the supervillain. Those are my recommendations for with great power comes great responsibility. Hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm going to throw one more in there. Yes, please. Brightburn? Yeah. Come on now. Now he's right. It fits the category. No, that's good. Brightburn, I would say, is a is just a cautionary tale of good parenting. Like, like, (laughs) (laughs) don't try to murder your superpower kid because if he enslaves (laughs) the world, he might spare you. (laughs) Right? It's like I don't need to take you down. I just need you not to like drop me from the sky. Yeah, man, Brightburn's good. Brightburn's freaking good. Good pull, Rich. I might have to rewatch that. I might rewatch that. I might recommend that over Akira. <laughs> oh, wow. I know. All our anime fans said, Lawrence, you're canceled. <coughs> wow. Yeah. Well, I hope you enjoyed this very special Easter episode. <laughs> you can catch us on Instagram. We're on YouTube. We're dropping content all day, every day. Hey, Share this, like this, download this, and then write us a review. Give us five stars. It helps with the algorithm. Help us.
tell a friend. We'll be back same bat time, same bat channel. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, Chris. That was for Chris. <laughs> uh, peace out, y'all. Later.